0: Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Well, once again, good morning. And um, today's lesson, and by the way, a lot of new people here, it is a lesson. It's not a sermon, we call it a lesson because when the Fillmore's finally first organized the, the movement, the unity movement, the Fillmore, Fillmore, Charles thought, you know, there's, a lot, there's enough churches around. So what we really need is, is a school of education. And so the, when it was set up originally, it was set up as a school. So you come here to learn things. Today's lesson is the 12 powers of man. Well, as you know, we are right in the middle of the Lent season, so today I'd like to introduce those of you who are new here to the concept of the 12 powers. And those of you who are familiar with them, well, we'll just review them. It's always a good thing to do. In case you didn't notice, in the booklet, the 12 powers are covered. The introduction is on page 12, and then they continue from 13 to page 24. The reason they're included in the booklet, which is called Keeping a True Lent, is because it was also included in the Unity book by Charles Fillmore called Keep a True Lent. This is my copy. It's an old one. It was given to me by my friend Judith German. God bless you, Judith. In the booklet, Reverend Devonport explains that in 1953, when it was published, it was a collection of uh, Fillmore's sermons and some articles. And the editors added those lessons in the back that were ended up being basically the twelve. Well, the, they already existed, but they added up to, the, to the book. So as a reminder of the first Sunday of Lent a couple of weeks ago that I did, let me read something from the page four because this is something that I talked about. It says, Fillmore suggested we observe Lent by releasing, or that is fasting, or abstaining from any thoughts that prevent us from knowing and claiming our divine nature. Specifically, he recommended that we fast from negative thinking, from negative thoughts. Now that abstaining from judging others and from fear and impatience goes a long way more than does giving up chocolate, for example. And plus, who can give up chocolate anyway? Who wants to? Not me. It goes on to say that whatever our means, our spiritual goal is to stop thinking of ourselves as only human and instead become aware of our divine identity. Our true nature as spiritual beings gives us enormous power and responsibility. Now you think about that, and I've said that before. If we really understood that, if we really took a grasp of the idea that we are primarily spiritual beings having a human experience, instead of a human first and trying to do something to get somewhere spiritually, if we flipped that around and said, "We are already there." Now we're just simply having this experience. That would change everything. It should. I'm trying to get it I remember last time I threw my thick skull as I said. (laughs) And I'm working on it. Now, we come here by choice. Tuesday evening, during the Let's Get Metaphysical discussion, the idea, the question of purpose came up. And I, what is our purpose here? And I kept thinking about that. Because a lot of times, you know, that's the general question. What am I doing here? What's my purpose? And I thought about it, and I said, It's to create a purpose. That's your purpose. We have free will. And we come here by choice. I believe we come here by choice. That's what we teach. So we can come here and either do something beneficial to everybody, or to yourself, or those around you, or we can do absolutely nothing, because that's what we have, free will and choice. Now, is this? all preconceived in some way? Is there a, some divine plan or some sort? I don't know about that. You know, sometimes we talk about that. Is there a game plan? Do you come here with a game plan? And, and I think, you know what, we have, we have a tendency to want to look at things at, in that manner. We do things. We prepare. If I'm going to go to San Antonio, I'm going to book a hotel. I'm going to get some concert tickets. So you do all the prep work, and then you go do it. But the problem is. When you get into the game, things change because there's other players. And all I say is say, now let's not do that today. Instead, why don't we just do this instead? And so you change. So yeah, maybe there's a game plan, but maybe there is some freedom as well involved. Now I thought about that and, you know, as a philosophy major, and I thought that sounds like existentialism. So I looked it up again just to make sure what it is. Existentialism says a philosophical theory or approach that emphasizes the existence of the individual person as a free and responsible agent determining their own development through acts of the will. I said, well, that kind of sounds like what we do. But at the same time, we're kind of idealistic as well, because we believe in this idealism, which is ever-present and eternal. So it's kind of a blend of the two. And I keep thinking, if we're creating the image and likeness of God, then really, how else can it be? The other option is just we're, we're marionettes. And that doesn't make any sense, that we're just going through motions. And just, what, what for? This is the expressive. so the purpose, part of the purpose is that this is the expressive side of the equation as we see the Trinity mind idea expression this is the expressive side this is where you get to pick up that little wood thing and, and and make a beautiful sound out of it you get to do it here in this material realm so we come here for that reason so Galileo wrote I do not feel obligated to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense reason and intellect as intended to forego, for us to forgo their use. I say that's the same thing with free will, and that's the same thing with the 12 powers, to use them. So let me talk about the 12 powers. I've, talked, I've said before that Charles Fillmore was an incredibly clever little dude uh, seeing things metaphysically. He really was, and the 12 powers are no exception to this. Here's what Fillmore talked about metaphysically about the 12 powers and the Bible. From the book, The 12 Powers, it says, Inherent in the mind of being are 12 fundamental ideas in when, in which, which in action appear as primal creative forces. It is possible for a person to ally himself or herself with these forces and to use them Use these original forces and thereby cooperate with the creative law. Then it says, the subconscious realm in humankind has 12 great centers of action with 12 presiding egos or identity. Then he makes this very interesting connection. When Jesus had attained a certain soul development, he called his 12 disciples to him. This means that when humankind is developing out of the mere personal consciousness into spiritual consciousness, they, we, began to train deeper thoughts and larger ideas. <clears throat> They send their thoughts down into the inner centers of their organisms, and through their words, quicken the powers of life, where before the powers worked in the personal, now they begin to expand and work in the universal. So see, once you call upon your 12 disciples, your 12 powers, then this is when you are in a new consciousness. You're changing from that personal Mean us to the universal idea of mankind. And I think that's where maybe hopefully most of us are trying to get to, that you're looking at the bigger picture of humanity as a whole. Then he says this, I was talking to Edna about this, I want to be clear about this. This is very, first, this is what it says. This is the first and second coming of Christ. The first coming is the receiving of truth in the conscious mind. The second coming is the awakening and the regeneration of the subconscious mind through the superconscious mind, or Christ mind. That's his metaphysical interpretation of the second coming. And the traditional, of course, is that Jesus is coming back to establish the kingdom of heaven, you know how it goes, here on earth. This is saying, no, 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 no. First time I saw it, I said, wow, that's very interesting, very clever, and in a very strange way, makes sense. And why is that? Because the whole key to the metaphysical interpretation of the Bible, as I've said before, is that it makes it personal. It makes it about each and every one of us. So it's not about Jesus coming back. It is about that second phase in your development where now all of a sudden, You've reached the new level of understanding. It changes everything. This is a fundamental distinction of the metaphysical interpretation. And as I keep saying, this takes the explanation of life or our lives to an entire new level, into the entire, into the level of ideas. And ideals are universal and they're eternal. When you start getting yourself from that level, well, things are different. Interesting point about the 12 powers that I came across. It says that they function in three ways. I said, really? There's that three-way thing, like the Trinity thing idea again. It says, first, as the perfect idea in divine mind. Second, as the growing concept in our consciousness. So there's the idea. Then we become aware of it. And third, as the expression into the manifest world. So the idea is there, we become aware of it, and now we start utilizing it. Ah, interesting. Reverend Galen McDowell on Unity uh, Online Radio. I don't know if you ever heard of Unity Online Radio. There's a bunch of programs in there. They're really, really good. He's got one that's called Truth Transforms. He's really good. And he said about the 12 powers, the 12 powers teach us how to work with total consciousness. And from our metaphysics books comes this about the 12 powers. They are the 12 fundamental aspects of our divine nature, the 12 components of God's image and likeness in humankind, the 12 disciples of our Christ mind. It's very interesting. Now the 12 powers, which I will cover a little more in detail in a bit, are these. Faith, strength, wisdom, love, power, imagination, understanding, will, Order, zeal, elimination, and life. I'm going to have to get these really down because when I go do my LUT, uh, uh, what do they call it, skills demonstration seminar, they keep telling us you better know the 12 powers. Okay, (laughs) so I have to work on them. (laughs) Now, because these 12 powers are inherent to us, still, as we talk about in quantum physics, Everything exists, but it exists in potential. It is is sitting there waiting to be activated. You must bring it forth. So even though they are inherent, we must learn to express them, to learn to activate them. But the important note about them being inherent is that we don't have to go out to get them. We don't have to go look for them. We already have them, We have to activate them. That's what the whole point is. Now, from the unity perspective, each power has a corresponding disciple, a color, an area of the body, and a month. There's a flyer inside or a little pamphlet, a little sheet that you can look at later in in the program that talks about that. Now, I'd like to go over these just briefly, if I can, so we can kind of review them. The first power is faith and the disciple is peter the color is royal blue and the location is the pineal gland and the month is january faith is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the with a power to shape substance it is a spiritual assurance the power to do seemingly seemingly impossible it is a deep inner knowing that that which is sought is already ours for the taking. I like what Rumi says, that which you seek, seeks you. They're looking for each other to make that connection. The affirmation is, I stay focused on truth. I activate my power of faith. I claim faith now to be the best expression of the divine I can be. The second power is strength. The disciple is Andrew, the color green. The location is the back, of uh, the small of the back. The month is February. The strength discussed here, it says, is not physical strength, but mental and spiritual strength. It is the faculty of steadfastness, dependability, stability, and capacity for endurance. The affirmation is, I claim strength now. The third is judgment wisdom. The disciple is James, son of Zebedee. Zebedee. The color yellow, the location is in the pit of the stomach, and the month is March. It is the faculty by which we appraise, evaluate, and discern in order to make correct decisions. The affirmation, I claim wisdom now, I use wisdom to wisely apply what I understand so that I can be the best expression of the divine I can be. The fourth is love, and the disciple is John. The color is pink, the location is in the back of the heart, and the month is April. There is much to say about love, I read, because it is pivotal. Love in divine mind is the idea of universal unity. Love love loves. For the sake of loving, that is what it does. Love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everything. The spectrum of love has nine ingredients. Patience, kindness, generosity, humility, courtesy, unselfishness, good temper, guilelessness, and sincerity. The affirmation is, I claim love now. The fifth is power. Dominion, the disciple is Philip, the color purple, the location is the throat, and the month is May. It is a faculty that enables us to have authority over our own emotions and our feelings, our inspirations and our thoughts. It is not used to control others. It's not that kind of a domination. Power is a means of bringing forth ideas on earth through divine order, which is mind, idea, and expression. The affirmation, I claim dominion now to master divine ideas so that I can be the best expression of the divine I can be. The sixth is imagination. The disciple is Bartholomew. The color light blue, the location is between the eyes. The month is June. It is the formative power of mind. Imagination is what sets everything in motion. And it shapes thoughts into mental images which have color, variety, and dimension. The affirmation is I claim imagination now. I visualize and imagine how to be the best expression of the divine I can be. The seventh is understanding. The disciple is Thomas. The color gold, the location, is the front of the forebrain. The month is July. Understanding is the ability to know, perceive, comprehend, and spiritually see. The affirmation is, I claim understanding now. The eighth is Will. The disciple is Matthew. The color silver, the location, is also the front forebrain. The month is August. Will is decision-making, directing, choosing faculty of the mind. It is our capacity to say yes to opportunities and to options. I claim will now. Order is the ninth. The disciple is James, son of Alphaeus. The color is olive green. The location is the navel. And the month is September. Order is one is the one underlying law of manifestation. And we each must participate consciously in that process, which enables us growth without struggle. I claim order in my life now. The tenth is zeal, enthusiasm. The disciple is Simon, the Canaanite. And the color is orange. The location is the back of the neck, the the brainstem. The month is October. It is the faculty of enthusiasm, intensity, and exuberance. It provides our inner urge of progress. I claim zeal now. The 11th is renunciation, also called elimination. The disciple is Thaddeus. The color is russet. Location is the lower abdominal region. The month is November. It is a factory by which we release false beliefs and accomplish a mental cleaning. Elimination enables us to surrender to our inner spirit. The affirmation is I claim elimination now. I deny and eliminate anything that I have empowered that hinders me from being the best expression of the divine I can possibly be. And the twelfth Is life. The disciple is Judas of all people. How about that? The color is red. The location is the generative organs. The month is December. It is expression of the pure, eternal life of God within us. I claim life now. Now I'm gonna put this all together because I saw something that was very interesting. And I listened to it, and I kind of adapted it a little bit to my own thing. And it has to do with applying all these 12 powers to our daily life. Because we really do use them quite effortlessly, and sometimes unaware of them, but we have them. And it's good to be aware of them and how they work. So this is how this would go. The first is faith, faith of God, not in God, of God, that you are of God. And what is faith? Faith is evidence of things not seen, which means that we don't know what the outcome is going to be yet. But that's okay, because we have the power of imagination. And with faith and imagination, we activate the power of will. And the power of will is the power to say yes. Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will commit to taking on this project, to make a purpose for myself. With this new commitment comes the power of understanding, of understanding that you are the only one that can do what you do. There is no other version of God other than you, in you. With this understanding, you get excited and comes zeal. And now you have become excited because you are creating your purpose now. That brings into our next power which is power. We are created in the image and likeness of God, and all and God is all-powerful. And we, too, have power. We use our power to claim our lives and to bring love to everyone around us. That brings us to the power of love. And love attracts. It attracts all the good around us. It brings more people into the power of love which activates the power of wisdom. And from you and those around you, wisdom brings forth the highest good for all. Now once this all starts to fall into place, comes the power of order. In order, we begin to organize and make plans for the project that we have committed to And I was reminded of that this week by those high school kids in South Florida who took on a project of their own to end the madness that is mass school killings. They took on a purpose. They created a purpose. And with all this comes elimination. And elimination is the act of letting go of that which no longer serves us the old way of seeing things that just doesn't work anymore. Now we're really on a roll. And it brings on the power of strength because it's gonna take stamina. And I heard that on the radio one day, this, this week, about these kids who taken on these projects. It's gonna take stamina. I mean, some things are hard to change. Washington, D.C is hard to change, and it's going to take some stamina. So that's where the power of strength comes into play. All of this activates our final power, and that is life. Why? Because now we have created something new. Something new is born from the activity of all these powers that we have. In summary, the moral of the story of this lesson is that we have all that we need inherent in us to do all the things that we want to do, that we can do. The disciples are not people. They are faculties. They are faculties, divine faculties, that we have already that we need to activate and bring them into our daily practice. So back to purpose. What is our purpose here on Earth? Let me tell you what. Take your 12 powers and create one. Have a good Sunday.